DJ PK, and we are joined now by Sean Hyken. He covers the NBA for Bleacher Report, and he joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Sean, good morning. Hey, how you guys doing? We're doing well. It's Game 7. Let's get right to it. Murray or Mitchell? Who's going to go off for 50, or have you got both of them going again? I mean, the way the series has been going, maybe this, I mean, this has just been an incredible display from both of these guys, and they, you know we're, we're, we're kind of seeing. Uh, you know, like I've seen a couple of people speculating just about how why you know why the shooting has just been so much better in the bubble. Is it because of the lines of sight, or is it because of just a different environment? I don't know, but I mean, this, what both of them have been doing in this series so far has just been incredible. So what Game 7, the series that's gone to Game 7, surprises you more? This series or Houston and OKC? I'm a little surprised this series is at a seven-game now. just Because Utah was up 3-1, and usually when a team gets up 3-1, you usually think they're going to close it out. And then Jamal Murray was just like, nope, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to just, we're not just going to, you know, go like that and then they just you know they win the next two games and now it's at a game seven i i i was a little higher on oklahoma city than most people going into that series so i kind of figured maybe you know and, and especially like that series had been going back and forth you know houston wins the first two okc wins the next two and then that one had been a little bit more competitive but then i thought especially especially after game of the Denver-Utah series, where it looked like Denver just quit, and they all just kind of didn't want to be there. I figured they were just probably done after that, and then they weren't. Sean Hyken join us, covers the NBA for Bleacher Report. So as you go into this game, and, and maybe it's just because he's been overshadowed because Murray's going nuts, so just let him have the ball and do his thing. And you look at Jokic's stats, and you know his scoring's up five, almost uh, six points a game, and he's you know he's playing five more minutes too, so that's part of it. Is there any chance he's the guy and he takes over because he has killed the Jazz at times? And I'm wondering if he's got one crazy game in him, and he's actually going to end up being the difference maker. I mean, he, at, t- at different times in the bubble, he's looked incredible. It's just, it's just, it's, it's kind of come and gone with him. I've been mean, going back again to that game three. That was one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. So you know, it's, it's something like he hasn't been doing it every time, but he has had games so far in the bubble where you're just like, okay, yeah, this is Nikola Jokic MVP candidate. So yeah, I mean, I could see it, it being him this time. Maybe you know, Jamal Murray needs a little bit of a break. He can't do it by himself every single night. You look at Mike Conley. And he's had an up-and-down season, but this is the very reason they brought him over. I would suspect that he would come through. How would you respond to that? Yeah, it, it's been <laughs> an interesting year for him because when they traded for him last summer, it, it seemed like it was just a, you know, a great pickup because you know, he'd done so much for Memphis for the, play, the playoffs, especially for so many years. And then it just looked like he might have just been done most of this year. He, he wasn't very good. He wasn't. Mike Conley that he had been in Memphis, he came back. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's that new dad energy, just like the Fred, like Fred Van Vliet with the Raptors last year in the playoffs, but he's been phenomenal since he got back to the bubble. So are there role players in this game that you trust more or less? Somebody you think could be a difference maker for the good or <clears throat> a difference maker for the bad? Well, I mean, as a huge wild card, I think, for Denver has been Michael Porter Jr. At the beginning, like especially in those regular season or seeding games, quote-unquote, in the bubble, he was 
one of the best players in the NBA, and then he's kind of come back down to earth a little bit. Of these, like the defensive inexperience become pretty obvious. But what he can do, you know, with, with this, you know, with you know, at, at, at the at the highest level, is you know, it's pretty obvious just how talented he is. Uh, I think maybe just you know having the key, in, you know, having a team just key in on him for an entire series like Utah has uh, has maybe been a little bit of a reality check for him. But this might be, I don't know, this may be a game where he just kind of kind of snaps out of that and is like, okay, I can just you know show people kind of what I was doing during the seeding games. Do you think if with these seven game series they're exciting and all, and it's fun to watch from a fan perspective? But do you think in the end it's Clippers versus Lakers in a Western Conference Final? Not necessarily. I mean, this is just a weird year where I could just see everything going kind of different ways in terms of, like, the, I think the year that I compare this the most to is the 99 lockout season where they basically played 50 games in uh, three months. And and uh, the Knicks made the finals as an eight seed. So, you know, if you, if you tell me that, you know, either Denver or Utah is able to get past the Clippers in the next round, or you know, you tell me that either Houston or Oklahoma City is able to get past the Lakers. It wouldn't shock me. I mean, I think the favorites are probably the two LA teams to get into the conference finals. But you know, I, I don't think they're locks by any means. So, do you think the the Jazz and the Nuggets, specifically against the Clippers, are the Clippers heavy favorites against the winner of this series? I think you would think they would be on paper. I mean, especially, you know, with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, there's two guys there that they can throw at uh, Donovan Mitchell to maybe slow him down because there's really there's really nobody on the uh, Nuggets who is left. Those two guys are Whether it's him or Jamal Murray that, you know, they, that ends up getting, uh, you know, thrown into kind of that defensive matchup, especially, you know, Paul George has kind of woken up a little bit. The last couple of games it's kind of started to look more like himself. I would expect the Clippers are probably the favorites, but again, I don't think it's just like a prohibitive lock by any And I haven't been impressed with the Bucks here since the, the season resumed, and obviously they're down to Miami one nothing. With that in mind, is the East a little more wide open than we originally thought maybe? I've always kind of thought the East was a little bit more wide open than it has been. I'm still high on Toronto, even though I know they got blown out by Boston in the first game, but that's I think they're going to bounce back. I think they'll they still have a pretty good shot. Boston, I think, has looked as good as anybody in the playoffs so far. And then, uh, you know, Miami, you've seen kind of the problems that they can give uh, the Bucks yesterday. With You know, Jimmy Butler is a guy who's capable of carrying, uh, you know, a team. And then, you know, Bam Adebayo is obviously a great defender. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if any of them. I wouldn't write the Bucks off just yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if any of those teams come out of the East. I think it's a lot more wide open than the West is. So when you talk about how wide open everything is, I mean, the history of the game is if I gave you two or three picks to pick the champion at the start of the season and I took the field, you would take all my money, Sean. <laughs> In the long run, you would clean me out. So to have a year that this is this wide open, is it because we're just at a period where it's this wide open or is it the one-off, this unusual year, 1999-ish, as you bring up, and it's the bubble? And we're always going to look at this champion a little differently. Well, I think we're going to look at the champion a little bit differently, not necessarily in a bad way, but I think it's just because we're going to look at every single aspect of life in 2020 a little bit differently. Like, yes, of course, this champion is going to be a little bit unusual because there's literally never been circumstances like this before. So I don't think you can really, like, I don't know if you can really, like, how much you can really look at 
oh, what they did in the regular season before the season got shut down in March and say that that's really indicative of anything for any of these teams. But uh, because, again, we were just talking about, for example, with, with Utah, Mike Conley, you know, he wasn't that great for most of the season, and then he's been terrific in the bubble. So I, I, think, I think this is definitely going to be a champion where I don't know necessarily an asterisk in a negative way where you say, oh, it doesn't count as much, but it's definitely different just because this entire circumstance is so unprecedented. So by the nature of the playoffs, as teams advance, you face better competition. That's the way it works, and it gets harder, theoretically anyway, to continue to win and do what you do. With that in mind, generally speaking, from the NBA perspective, you've already referenced how players are scoring a little bit more, maybe in some cases with Jamal Murray significantly more than they usually do based on regular season averages over at least a couple of seasons in Murray's case. With as I say, with that in mind, going forward, do you expect these explosive outbursts to continue, or do you think that maybe it will come back more normal as we get deeper into the postseason? I honestly have no idea. Every single thing about this has just been so outside of anything that we've seen. And, uh, I, you know, you've seen different players talk about how just the environment is different and how the, the lines of, I mean, the lines of sight are, are something that I've heard people talk about where just, you know, they can see the basket easier because of the way the court is configured. So I don't know. Like, I, I truly have no idea how the rest of this is going to shake out. So when you watch people, uh, and I guess what you say about teams applies to the individual here, when you watch people like Donovan Mitchell going off and when you watch uh, Murray going off, and there are other guys who had big games, do you really believe young stars are emerging or you're going to have to see this again when they return to NBA arenas with fans? Well, I, mean, I don't know if Donovan Mitchell is going to be scoring 50 points every game <laughs> when, when, teams, when, you know, when teams are back in arenas, but... I've always felt, for the last few years, I've felt like the league is in an incredible place in terms of the number of young stars that are, you know, once, because, you know, once the, the, you know, the LeBron generation is all kind of phased out in terms of, you know, the once those guys all age out, I still feel like whether it's those two guys or, you know, you saw what Luka Doncic just did in the last series or just there's so many other guys you can name, like, around the league. You know, you, you know, you look at, you know, Giannis is still, you know, at his peak and getting better and, there are, there are so many guys around the league, and you know Jason Tatum in Boston. There's so many guys you can look at and say, okay, I think the league is in a pretty good place. And once you know, once all the more established guys kind of age out of being superstars. Well, Sean, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for checking in with us and uh, getting us ready for Game Seven tonight. Yeah, you guys have a good day. Sean Eichen covers the NBA for Bleacher Report.